0: Hello, and welcome to Faculty Feed with me, Dr. Jerry Rabelais, Associate Vice President of Professional and Educational Development at the University of Louisville's Health Sciences Center. With me are my co-hosts, Dr. Stacey Sainer, Director of HSC Professional and Educational Development, and Dr. Laura Weingartner, Director of Research for Health Professions Education. Once a week, we'll come together and use this podcast to bring professional and educational development content to feed your hunger and satisfy your appetite so you can magnify your impact as an educator, clinician, researcher, and academic leader. Well, welcome everyone to Faculty Feed. Today we have a a guest with us, Dr. Glenn Giddings, who is the chief of staff to the dean's office in the School of Medicine. Glenn, welcome to Faculty Feed. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. So Glenn, the audience typically for Faculty Feed is our HSC faculty, but what we're going to talk about today is really a different take on how we generally approach Faculty Feed. Um, I want to talk today with you about the support staff in our system. I understand from you that there are as many support staff as there are faculty across not only the School of Medicine, but all the HSC schools.
1: Yes, we have 900-plus staff members here at at all levels of role, whether that's um, in a research lab, whether that's in an admin role, whether that's a leadership strategy policy, those types of things.
0: Yeah, so, so faculty out there, you're going to want to listen to this because it is the team of faculty plus all these support staff across all these roles that allow us to do the work we do in education, in research, and in clinical care. So, Glenn... Welcome, and tell us a little bit about your background that resulted in you becoming the chief of staff of the dean of the School of Medicine.
1: You know, I, I appreciate that. As, as a quick aside, as I thought, I've had 20 years in higher education. Um, I have a PhD in higher ed men, I have a master's in student affairs in higher education. So those were both intentional um, in an undergraduate experience. Um, I had an advisor uh, explain to me that there's a career path. In higher education Um, and I sought that out intentionally and uh, you will see most of those staff we just talked about those 900 plus staff and staff across higher education seek out that uh, degree piece so they can be trained in higher education as I'd like to say Um, whereas faculty members have a very specific discipline that they choose um, staff that discipline is higher ed administration We're, we're just as drawn and have a calling to academia as faculty members, but our discipline typically is higher education administration. And then you can broaden to whatever you may want, whether it's Greek life, whether it's uh, strategy and policy, whether it's uh, judicial affairs, whether it's housing, whether it's student involvement, all those types of things help run the university and connect everyone. So that pathway started about 20 years ago after getting that bachelor's and then master's and then the PhD I've I've run the gamut. I've been in admissions. I've done alumni relations. I've built parents uh, programming. I've built I've been an event planner for most of my career, from events from 20 people to 2,000. Um, I've run Welcome Week, which is that intro piece for new freshmen, and we do 90 events in five days with many events over 1,500. Um, those types of things. Um, i have uh, built an advancement program for student affairs so fundraising components um, i've run assessment for a full division uh, and and one of my most recent roles i ran the student center at the university of louisville so that's a 400,000 square foot facility open seven days a week uh, that sees seven to eight thousand events a year and 1.5 million people come through that building so lots of activity in that and each of those roles oddly enough, set me up for the chief of staff because at any given time, admissions, for example, admissions, you touch everyone in admissions. If you're going to be successful, you've got to be able to communicate to a guidance counselor, a parent, and a student what you are as a university explain what they want to know. And the best way to do that is to know faculty members, to know the folks in the in uh, the provost office, the president's office, athletics, those different types of areas. So that really set me up for this role of chief of staff. And, and also I've been a faculty member for a decade in the College of Education. Um, I'm an affiliate faculty member, um, I've taught of a wide variety of classes uh, in the higher ed administration program um, and focused on history of higher education philosophy of higher education organizational improvement um, all kinds of different pieces uh, within that so you put that mixture together and it really helps me in my role as chief of staff and um, and and it might help to explain that a little bit as well. What is the chief of staff? We get that often Yeah, that
2: was my big question <laughs> yeah. too, Glenn. I'm like so what does that I mean, I know what that means, you know, you watch the tv and see like the shows Someone on television yeah. like the
0: president of the of the united states it yeah. and, and,
1: and actually has its roots in the military there are a okay. lot of chiefs of staff uh, okay. in the military and it's an operational structural position i usually try to put it in, like six buckets um at any given time you're a goalkeeper so i'm managing triaging workflow uh prioritize delegate complete work on behalf of the dean uh you're an operator so i'm adding structure better communication across teams across the university trying to build things that run more efficiently if possible. Um, you're an implementer, so you are driving business uh, processes from start to finish, i.e. think strategic planning. Um, you're an integrator, so we are a big enterprise here at the School of Medicine. So uh, there's a lot of cohesion that sometimes is there, sometimes it's not, and needs work to, to make those connector pieces. When you think of uh, GME, um, UME, Hospital systems that we connect to uh, all those different pieces the research enterprises that we do community engagement that we do I mean all those different uh, Components the faculty affairs connectivity that we have like all that piece um, it, It's it's definitely an integrator uh, a proxy on any given time. I may act on behalf of the dean's office um, Specifically there uh, you work to prevent try to bottlenecking and and promote de- decision-making and and I'm an advisor uh, really to be able to be a sounding board to work through and talk through. So that's kind of the buckets that you look at. And, and in my role here, you know, I connect to advancement in alumni relations, communications and marketing. We deal with web, um, school medicine leadership, so university leadership, working directly with president's office, provost's office, advancement, athletics, student affairs. You, you start looking at all these big, giant buckets there, Um We work with students and residents. We work with staff and faculty. Uh, Facilities and operations, something you don't think about. Um, We hearken back to how, how a career path gets you to somewhere. Running a student center and understanding all those components helps you then connect to all the different renovation, construction, all the different projects that go on when we're completely building a new aspect of a vivarium or renovating a lab or building space for admissions, all those types of things, or setting up uh, faculty uh, development offices, those pieces. And then you look at like strategic planning. It's a big one. Government relations is another component. So all those things at any given time are what a chief of staff uh, works on. So it's it's a moving picture uh, often. So I would suspect that most of the health science Center faculty, they're,
0: they're working in their clinical lane or their research lab, and not that they're unaware of the complexity of this, but they just don't think about it on a, on a regular basis. And, and what you've just done in the past few minutes is provide that oversight that I think people just need to be aware of, that this is a big, fast-moving, rapidly changing enterprise, And to leave it in the hands of some poor dean and person (laughs) who schedules meetings would be a huge mistake. And so I'm sure Dean Gansel and now Dean Bumpus are so happy that there's a Glenn Giddings around that provides all those roles you just detailed.
1: Well, and it's helping make those connections. You look at, what do we have, 23 academic departments. We have our vice deans that are connected to our pillar areas. They're doing large-scale strategic work. The department head chairs are working through all the different components. You have the directors of the centers and institutes um, really trying to To connect all of that, and oh, by the way, everything that's going on with Belknap, um, all those activities there, because we are one university, and bringing that Belknap to HSE and even Shelby Hearst connection, uh, those types of pieces, right? it's 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 fascinating to me, and it's what drew me to the role, and you're seeing the role uh, expand in higher ed across the country, um, and even within our own university, so larger, bigger areas, schools or divisions, typically have a chief of staff.
0: What's the message for people that are out there doing some kind of administrative work in an, act- well, let's just make it an academic setting. Because you didn't, you didn't live only in the Health Sciences Center or the yeah, School of Medicine. Yeah. You've come from the whole university. So what do you want to tell people that you learned along the way 20 years out? What do you want to tell them about their career path?
1: You know, my challenge uh, was on a podcast with Brian Buford here at the University of Louisville um, with the Employee Success Center, and I, uh, we, we did a podcast on intentional collaborative networking, so I actually brought myself and Dr. Quante Taylor, who's Executive Director of Student Involvement, um, about how we intentionally build networks across the university. I hearken back to when I said in admissions, if you're going to be successful in admissions, you've got to be able to connect to so many different people. you got to know a little bit lot about a lot, um, and to do that, you have to build relationships yeah. and you have to build them, not just say, I know Dr. Jerry Rabelais, you've got to begin to know that person and, and understand um, what you can do to help them and what they can do to help you. So it's, it feels a little, is there an interactional component to that? Yeah, there is some of it, but there's also a relation piece of how you can advance the university or advance the goals, advance those different things. So my challenge is never underestimate who you connect to. But try to get outside of your box. Think of admissions. You have to be outside of that box. It's great. It's great training ground. I really tell you, like if you're, if you're considering higher ed administration, there are some great training grounds. Student affairs, because again, just like admissions, you touch every different thing. Admissions, those types of areas are great training grounds because you got to be um, adaptable. You've got to be flexible. You've got to be able to think on your feet. um, And you've got to be able to communicate and connect. So it's connecting and building relationships across the enterprise. Um, Don't just stay within your world. Understand how that is and understand how that networking has value and understand that networking can open up a world that you may never have considered. Some folks can get very locked in. You know what? I want to be uh, um, a director of housing. And all of their careers in housing. And that is fine. You can have a phenomenal career in university housing. And that is good. But it's still, you've got to build those connections even if you stay within that. And those connections could exist at other institutions. Mm-hmm. So maybe you connect with other housing folks uh, regionally within your state or just outside of. So that's another challenge I think I've done over time is uh, every functional role I've had, I've built, because it usually didn't exist, uh, a collaborative network. So let's, let's harken back to um, parents' association. I, I inherited that as one of my job factor roles. Uh, I built an ACC parent and family network group. So every ACC school had a parents' association. So how can we actually share best practices, understand what's going on as ACC schools, and see if there are things that we can share? Then let's hearken back to COVID. When I ran a student center, there were so many unknowns. So many, as we know, there's still so many unknowns. But a 400,000 square foot um, student center that saw an on average 45,000 people a week and 8,000 events a year had to pivot immediately. To a new phrase we learned in 2020, dedensify an entire building. I hadn't heard that phrase. <laughs> it, was, it was it was within the facilities world. You, you had, had to learn. Is to that de- a real word? Are you it is now. <laughs> 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 you had to de-densify Think of the room we are in right now. It has yeah. about 20 seats in it. Yeah. In the COVID world, it could have two. The way this room is set up. Yeah. So I knew I was wrestling with how do I look at these 10,000 square foot rooms, 5,000 square foot rooms, 300 square foot rooms, and how do I fit. The proper guided amount based on science, how many six feet and components and air intake. We've got to look at our air handlers and how how that's coming in and is there proper air exchange. And based on that, how many people we can have in a room. And therefore, what kind of event we can have. Um, Oh, and by the way, are we going to cater an event? How are we going (laughs) to do that? We can't have people touching the same things as they serve themselves right so box lunches although it's not probably the most uh, environmentally sound but that became the way that we do things Uh, temperature checking all those types of things like truly registering for an event beforehand so I know the exact amount of people coming and I can cut off a registration because I know this room now that used to hold a thousand theater style can now hold a hundred so I built a network within the state. I called the other student center directors up and said, can we start meeting monthly? Can we start trying to understand the governor's recommendations and regulations and everything coming out of the CDC? And we built a network to understand how to do it. So that is a challenge that I make. Find connector components, build collaborations, build little helpful networks within your functional area, and those will facilitate. Because when I came down here, one of those folks – that I had worked with in that facilities group was an associate director and eventually then a director at a small school. Um, She became the director here and became the first female director of a student center at the University of Louisville in a field dominated typically by men. She has ascended to a role and has done fantastic at it. But that network helped not only me but eventually her.
2: So you you talked about um, purposely seeking out training grounds. There's also a, a training program at the School of Medicine specifically for staff. Will you talk, talk to us about that?
1: Yes. It's called the SMART Staff Program. SMART is uh, one of our millions of acronyms we do in both higher ed and HSE. <laughs> As an aside, when I came down here, I've built a five-page, single-spaced acronym list for HSE. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would have never realized there's so many intricate acronyms within a sub- can't, you know, Mm -hmm. roll in higher education, but my gosh, there are. Um, So that acronym is School of Medicine Advancement Retention and Training. So this was developed by our now uh, retired Emeritus Dean Gansel uh, in 2016. Um, And its goal was to build connection, engagement, training opportunities, networking opportunities, all those types of things. And um, with a some budget cut issues, uh, COVID, and a retirement of my former role, my, the person before me, um, it went dormant. And, and, and the reality was part of my role was to bring that back, to bring it back to life. And we're doing that. It's still got a ways to go. I acknowledge that. Uh, but we have more than stood it up. We have built intentional programming that we will now be able to start to launch monthly. We built some pillar annual things such as a summer fest, which is a big resource fair in June, and then an annual—we call it a retreat, but more of a workshop kind of development piece in November. We run the staff awards that mirror the concept of faculty awards; those types of pieces. Um, and its goal is to connect across the 900 different school of medicine staff. What we've learned to we do—we now do an annual uh, survey to understand what they want, how they want it delivered. We're really seeing coming out of that, that COVID reality, hybrid offerings are critical. Um, There's still some hesitancy for in-person components and we've still got to work through some of that. Um, and and other, other activities lend themselves better to virtual versus in-person. And because of what we are, the nature of what we are, 900 staff spread across every different functional type of area, spread across a very large campus setting, doing various things, sometimes it's just easier to log into a Teams um, over lunch, instead of having to get out, come across different things to that effect. So, we've we've been rebuilding those components, um, but also trying to use existing infrastructure at the university um, that can help augment, such as the Employee Success Center, uh, such as Get Healthy Now, such as uh, collaboration with Campus Recreation and the HSC Fitness Center. Uh, those types of things, such as uh, health promotions and all the different things they do. So trying to work on those different components uh, and, and integrate them in as so much as possible.
2: I was going to ask, so we've had Brian on this show several mm-hmm. times. but mm-hmm. uh, So how do you deliberately work with employee success? Can you provide an example?
1: Well, the employee success, for example, has ERGs, employee resource groups. So uh, one, we need to promote them better. Um, employee success also has a fantastic program that just so many people faculty or staff i don't think connect to and that is linkedin learning linkedin learning has a f- i think 16,000 different modules that you can take and, and it can give you of course you want to learn let's go basic you want to learn basic. excel excel it'll give you five modules on the basics of excel you want to learn pivot tables and all those types of things and it can actually give you a digital badge at the end of that um, you want to learn about project management. It's got an entire flow of workshop modules that you can learn. So that's one thing that we have, um, we've put as a resource, but we want to get better at showing a pathway. So we've done a collaborative work with the academic technology office. Those folks, David uh, David Ayler and Kit Gardner, um, they're building pathways of just those types of certification, Word, Excel, you know, pieces that can really get you from zero to efficient and really help you learn a skill we need to get those out and promoted we need to have them linked to the website those types of things that's that's a key resource that we're working with we layer Brian and his staff uh, Laura and Megan into so many different things that we're doing they're a key part of uh, Summerfest which is a resource tabling event for 20 plus different groups and and different things like that we um, intentionally connect with them. Brian's going to be a keynote person for that staff retreats. Um, we, we, we bring them to, you know, they're going to be a feature for uh, one of the monthly programming components. So it's not only linking off, promoting in the newsletter, um, bringing intentional programming, highlighting the university structures. That, that, that's how. We try to, in every way, shape, or form, Build that connection to a giant resource that oh, exists. Yes. And that faculty can and should also take advantage of. I mean, it is the employee success center, mm-hmm. not the staff success center, not the faculty success center. It's the employee success center. And and I, I know I'm I've drank the Kool-Aid of of, <laughs> of what their staff do, but there are so many good resources that all of us can take advantage of.
2: We always ask our guests to challenge our listeners to do something after they hear this episode. What would you challenge our listeners to do next week?
1: One of the things um, that we have been working on, and when we say HSC, we are, I'm the School of Medicine, but oftentimes um, we have... Um, intentionally begun to to ensure that networking collaboration between the other HSA schools, whether it's public health, whether it's nursing, whether it's dentistry, is there. And one thing that can help that, and and let's go beyond just that, the other hospital systems and the other educational institutions that exist within our region, that uh, culminated into a collaborative working relationship called LUMED, the Louisville Medical Education District. So you may have seen some of that. um, We have.
0: they helped us in a
1: rainstorm yeah. get some equipment over the CGR building. So LUMED's goal was to look at a 22-block area that is encompassed by Norton Healthcare, U L Health, University of Louisville, really the HSC campus, and JCTC. So it wanted to advocate on behalf of all those entities rather than individually. So that we can talk to the city of Louisville about opportunities for growth, redevelopment of areas, needs for parking, needs for renovation and, and safety, security, all those types of things. It, it, it made more sense to collaborate as a whole rather than, than individually. One of the um, resulting components of LUMED is an ambassador program. So you will see any, any of our faculty members, any of our staff members, any of our patients coming to the hospital, any of our visitors coming to campus. Um, there are a group of green shirts, bright neon green shirts, sometimes dark blue jackets, depending on the weather. Um, and their job at any given time is to help provide wayfinding, is to help work through public safety patrols and escorts, is to do public space enhancement. So they literally are cleaning streets. As, as they come through it um, and they are also really working to help advocate and connect um, the homeless population with resources as needed so at any given time they're doing that and to do that they've built a collaborative network with the various um, safety security and police components as well so all of the folks that are working on safety security at Norton all the folks at L Health, all the folks at LMPD, all the folks at ULPD, all the folks at JCTC's Safety and Security, we are now networked in one group together so that we can be sharing resources and understanding and things of that effect. So that LUMED group brought these LUMED ambassadors and they are canvassing our campus about, our campuses, this this 22 block radius, about 22 or 18 hours a day um, and, and a huge radius system. They got grids of three different areas I challenge you to say hello to a Lumad ambassador, and ask them how their day is, what they what they're doing to help folks. They hire folks intentionally that are engaging, that are there to help, and want to do make things better. So look for a bright green shirt. You'll see the bright green truck rolling around with the Lumad logo. Say hello to them, and then point them out as a resource to anyone you may know as a visitor coming.
0: What a pleasure it's been to talk with you today on Faculty Feed and, and get some insight into how the School of Medicine particularly uses the chief of staff role, the unique skills that you brought together over a long career to prepare for this very complex role. And I, I have to say, you if there was a connector award that we gave, <laughs> you would win the connector award because your 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 whole career has been putting things together. And, and wow, what a great, great testimony to what you've done so far. And hopefully you got 20 more years in you.
1: Hopefully so. And I will say, based <laughs> on that, I, I'll give some some takeaways, some challenges to okay. your faculty, to your listeners. Um, I said, say hello to a Lumet ambassador. Walk the HSC Medical Mile. If you go to the Office of the Dean's page and SMART, you'll see the link. It's just a block uh, around there. Um, try to attend Summerfest, the SMART event. It's always in June. It, we're not going to kick you out, and we actually invite it to the other HSE schools as well. Um, advocate your staff. If you are working with staff collaboratively, you supervise staff, advocate for them and encourage them to look at SMART, to encourage them to register for one SMART event, to encourage them to use one resource we, we link off to, whether that's LinkedIn Learning, Employee Resource Center, Get Healthy Now, things like that. Um, that's my biggest challenge, and, and to remember that we're in this together. We are all trying to help students, staff, patients, um, whatever connector that's coming to our campus. We're in this together in a collaborative effort, and let's work together.
2: If you want to up your game or enhance your skills in the academic setting, this is the place to be. As together, we strive to make the University of Louisville a great place to learn, a great place to work, and a great place to discover and connect. Don't forget to check out the show notes for links and additional resources about today's episode. And feel free to contact us at facfeed at louisville.edu. That's F-A-C-F-E-E-D at louisville.edu.
0: Join us next time for more and come hungry.